Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Join my VIP program today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Live, live, live today on Facebook. Live on Facebook as usual for our book club. It's our next book club show. Today we are doing chapter four. Let me turn my computer here. Chapter four of Dumbing Us Down. We're almost finished with this book. There are only five chapters for this book. So this is number four. Next week is the last chapter. Time to get another book. Hmm. I'll think about it. Which book should we do next? Send me a message on Gab if you want. Let me know what book ideas you have. I have a few ideas already for our next book. Lots of people joining as usual live. Hello, hello from lots of different places all over the world. Hello. Hey, Fernanda. The lol. Some names I recognize. Welcome back. Those of you who are new, welcome. Well, you know how this works. First, we'll go through the chapter. I'll explain the main ideas of this chapter. Then I'll come back and I'll read your comments and discuss your questions and your comments. I'll drink a water. And let's begin, shall we? Let's just get started. Don't waste any time. All right. Moving to the book, Chapter 4 of Dumbing Us Down by John Taylor Gatto. Chapter 4. We need less school, not more. Well, that's I like that. Good comment. We need less school, not more. I agree. Now, the chapter begins with really kind of a vocabulary discussion. And the discussion is about two words, community and network. Community and network. In the beginning of this chapter, John Taylor Gatto, the writer the author, is discussing the difference between a community and a network. What is the difference? Well, we're going to get his version, his idea of the difference. He says that there's a very, very big difference between a community or a family, on one hand, and on the other hand, a network. And then next he's going to discuss the differences between these two. Basically, the idea is that a community or a family is a group that's connected, but it's a, it's a very human group, and you are connected as a person, a 100% full human person, right? In your family, they don't only care about one part of you, right? Your family. Your family does not only care about one skill you have, or one of your personality traits, or one hobby, right? Your family loves you and cares about you completely, 100%, all parts of you. 
right? Your mind, your emotions, your history, your hobbies, your interests, the good, the bad, and the ugly, <laughs> right? You're a whole person when you're part of a family. And also he's saying community is the same. On the other hand, a network, what he's saying, what he's calling a network, using the word network, a network is more like a professional connection. So a network is some kind of group, but you're only connected because of maybe one shared interest or one shared goal or something like that. So it's not a connection of you as a a complete human being. You're not valued as a complete human being, a whole person. They only care about some part of you. That's what a network is, he says. Next, he talks about one of the key traits, one of the key characteristics, one of the key aspects of a family or a community. And he, and he goes all the way back to Aristotle. So we're over 2,000 years ago. Aristotle, he says, saw that to become human, to be a full human, to have a meaningful human life, you have to participate. You have to participate in a big range of human activity. Participate is the key word. Not just watch. You have to do, you have to be a part of a lot of different things. You know, so physical and your community and your family and mental and philosophy and all of these things and you need to participate. You've got to do it. It's not enough just to study it. It's not enough just to watch. You must participate. That's what being a human is. That's what being really living is. So then John Taylor Gatto says, what is a community? What is a real community? A real community is a collection of real families. So the family is the unit. The family is the main unit of a community. It starts with the family. The family is the most important thing. So first you need real families, strong families, and then those families create a community. When you connect many real families, when you connect many strong families together in one area, now you have a community, a real community. So next he goes back and he talks about networks. He says, on the other hand, a network, in a network, you cannot be yourself. You cannot be 100% yourself, right? In a network, you, can, you must hide parts of yourself. You can't show them. For example, work. Work's a good example. Most jobs, like a big company job. At a big company job, you can't be yourself, right? You can't totally relax and be your normal self at work. Usually at work, you have to, right? You've got to be professional. You have to hide your real personality, right? The job, the work, it only cares about part of you, only cares about a few parts of your personality, a few parts of your ability. It's not a real community, right? Most companies, it's not a real community. That's what he's saying. He says the result of this, the result is, you know, our society now, our culture. He talks about America, but of course this is true everywhere in the world now, that our humanity, right, means, means the best part of being human, like the meaning of our lives. 
is reduced. It goes down. It's less. We have less meaningful lives now because our families are not strong anymore. Our communities are not strong anymore. We don't have real communities. We don't have real families now. We just have these fake networks like school, work, hobbies. But these are not real communities, he says. They cannot replace your family. They cannot replace a real community. That's why we feel lonely. That's why we feel there's less meaning in our lives. And he says school is one of the big causes, one of the big reasons for this loneliness, this separation, this unhappiness. He says we don't need more schooling. We need less. We need less school, not more. Right? This, the, the bureaucrats, the government people, they always say, we need more school, more, 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 more. They want more and more and more of your children, more of your children's time. They want more control over your children, more days, more hours. He's saying that's the opposite of what we need. We need the opposite, less, less, less schooling. Then he says that the situation right now is horrible, very, 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 very terrible, that it's much worse than, let's say, 50 years ago, because he says now we have all of this school, your children are in school all this time, but then they come home and they watch TV. So they have school and TV. There's no escape. He said at least, you know, before 1950, right? At least a while, you know, then after school, the children had free time. This, the, this children could be with friends, real friends. The children could be in a real community. The children could be with their family. But now they come home. What do they do? They watch TV. They play video games. Internet. So now, like, our children are gone most of the time. And he says that commercial entertainment, this means uh, entertainment from big companies, right? Like movies, TV, video games, is like a drug. It's like a drug. It's addictive like a drug. Addictive like a drug. That's interesting. I just talked about this idea in a recent audio podcast. I hope you should be listening to my audio podcast. Interesting. I was just talking about this. Good, great minds think alike, we say. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> Next, he again, he's kind of repeating some ideas from the beginning of the book. He says, 50% of the total time of young people, so if you look at a child or children, 50% of their time, he says, is in school. That's a huge amount of time. That's time that should be with their family. Instead, they are at school. I think it's actually more than 50%. And what do they do in school? They are locked. It's like they're in a cage, like they're in prison. 
Like they're forced to be there. They're locked in a room. They can't leave. They have to wait for a bell, and they work when the bell says to start. And when the bell goes again, ring, then they must stop. Everybody has to think at the same time about the same topic. Everyone must study the same thing and do the same activity at the same time. Just brain programming is what it is. He says, then we also, what do we do with the children in school? We grade them. We give them grades. He says, we give them grades like vegetables, like vegetables, like farm animals, right? This means, like sometimes with a vegetable, they will give it a good, like grade A vegetable means the highest quality vegetable and grade B vegetable means it's maybe not as nice. So he says, we're treating our children like vegetables, like farm animals. He calls school vile and stupid. Vile means evil, basically. And stupid, you know, I'm sure. Okay, then he makes a nice comment. He says, networks, so the fake community, schools, uh, jobs, even hobbies like clubs and things can, they, they make people feel lonely. They make people feel lonely. Lots and lots and lots of people feel lonely. And he says, people feel lonely. They're living, many people live in a city surrounded by people, like people everywhere, but they feel lonely. Uh, Many people go to a job and they're working around lots of other people in a company, but they feel lonely. Many children go to school. They're with other kids all day, but they feel lonely. Why? He says, because it's fake. It's a fake community. It's not a real community. Again, it's the same idea. Because the schools do not care about the children as human beings. They don't care about the children as humans. He says, in school, they don't care about them. They don't care about their curiosity. They don't care about their life. They don't care about their dreams. They don't care about their fears. They don't care about their successes. They don't care about their failures. They don't care about their hopes. They don't care about their ideas. They don't care about any of that. All they care about is, you know, study this, take a test, get a grade. That's all they care about. That's not human, right? They're treating the children like machines or animals, not like complete human beings. That's why the kids feel lonely. And that's why also adults feel lonely in uh, companies. In many, many, many jobs, you feel lonely or unhappy. It's the same idea. It's the same reason. Because you're not a human to them. They don't see you as a human. You're just like a machine or an animal to them. They don't care about you as a human being. They don't care about your, your jokes and your humor or your curiosity or your, what you love or what you're afraid of or all your big dreams. They don't care about any of that. You're not a, a human to them. You're just a machine. So that's the unnatural side. He says, if we look at history, all of human history... The natural way, the good way, is that families come first. Family should be first. Family first, always. Family, family, family first. And then second, community second. Family, community, not government. Government is like 
number 10 or something, right? Even your whole country is maybe number five or number eight or number 10, right? It's your family is first, community is second, right? And your community, he says, are the other families living near you. That's the natural way that makes a healthy society and healthy people, happy people, and a meaningful life. He says the schools, what they're trying to do is schools are trying to make, make the family weak or, and even to destroy families because the schools, the schools want to be kind of the, your fake father and your fake mother. Right? The schools are trying to be f- the fake parents or the new parents. And they want to make the real parents weaker and weaker and weaker. The schools want to make families weaker and weaker. right? And they want to take control of the children. Which is true, it's true. Oh, so true. All right, now we go to the next section. He makes another point. This is another idea he mentioned before. But he says another thing about communities, a real community, just like a real family, right? A real family and a real community. It's all different ages, right? All different ages mixed together. That's real human community. That's a real human family. That's a real human life, right? It's old people, middle-aged people. Younger adults, very young adults, teenagers, and young children, and babies. They're all together all the time. They're all interacting together, working together, helping each other, living next to each other every day all the time. That's natural and healthy and meaningful. But now in our fake communities, what do schools do? We separate. We take the children away from everybody else. You take a child, you take them away from old people, take them away from middle-aged people, take them away from their parents, even take them away from their brothers and sisters, their older brothers and sisters, their younger brothers and sisters. We take them and we lock them in another building away from everybody else. We separate the young people away from everyone else, family and community. That's not real community. That's, that's evil. It's, it's unhealthy. And he says we also we do the same thing to old people, right? When they, they become too old, it's, oh, it's hard to take care of them. So what happens? They take the old people. They lock them away, lock them in a hospital, lock them in some, you know, agency or we, they're, they're, where they're away from everybody else all by themselves all these old people together away from again away from the middle-aged people away from the young adults away from the children away from the babies completely separated the old people kind of disappear from society this is super unhealthy this is unnatural it's not a real family it's not a real community that we're separating young and old away from everybody else very, very, very unhealthy and unnatural and evil. He says, by doing all of this, what we're doing is we're making, it's like we're making a new king. Instead of our family being our king, right? Instead of our community being our king, 
now it's like a machine because these um, this bureaucracy, right? The government, the schools, even these big companies, they're just machines. They're machines. They're not human at all. They're these organizations think like and act like machines. And we're making our, we're making ourselves slaves to a machine is what he's saying. Like a slave to a computer mind instead of human, real human life. Okay, next section. Another criticism. He says that recently, you know, in modern times, a lot of the schools, a lot of the teachers, a lot of politicians, they, they say that the reason, the purpose of school is for good job training. Right? To help you get a good job. Get a good job, get good money, so you can buy things. You can buy stuff. You can buy things. Like, this is what they say all the time, right? Go to school, then go to college, then get a good job, and then get money. Now, we already know, remember our last book, Robert Kiyosaki already showed us this is completely wrong. That this is not the way to get rich. That school will not teach you to make money and to get rich. So we already we know that's a lie. We know it's not true, but they that they do say that. At least in America, they say that all the time. And s- most parents think this is true. Oh yeah, my my kids must go to school so they go to get, go, get a good job and make money. It's just a lie. Another lie. And then he just says that he says sure this is actually not a way for some people to get rich. We can see most kids don't become rich, right? And the ones that do become rich, it's not because of school. It's not because of school. Okay, then he comes back to families again. And he says, most of us who have an experience of a loving family, so some people have bad families, but uh, people who have a good family, who who have some you know, experience that they have a good family, a close family, that this is one of this is one of the best things in life. And that if you have this experience, then you want the same thing for your children. You know it's so wonderful that you want your children to also have a great family. And he says the purpose of education, the purpose of education, it's not to make money. It's not to get a job. It's to help you find meaning in your life, to, to find a purpose for your life, a meaning for your life, and to learn what's necessary to find the meaning and find that purpose and live it, to live a good life. That's what education should be, helping to teach children how to live a good life, a meaningful life, not just make money. Not just get a job, not just obey, obey, obey. Okay, this next section, section five of chapter four. He talks a little bit about family again, and he he, he says, think about family, think about your family. Think about your family. Like your big family, not just mom and dad, but mom, dad, uncles, aunts, grandparents, cousins, 
And he's like, How, why do you feel important in your family? Is, is it because of money? Because your family gives you money? No. What is it? It's, your, it's attention, right? It's attention because they value you. They care about you as a human being, as a real person. How do they show they care? Well, one of the main ways, one of the big ways they show they care about you is that they give you attention, right? They listen to you. They talk to you. They show they care. They show they're interested by giving you attention. And of course, you do the same for them. Right? This, this is one of the main ways we feel important, he said, in life. How do you feel important in your life? Well, you, mostly you feel important if other people give you attention. Right? They listen to you. They care about you. And they show they care about you. That's how you know you are important to them. If you think the opposite, imagine the opposite, that nobody, nobody talks to you. Nobody listens to you. Nobody gives you attention at all. Zero. You, you probably feel very lonely, right? You would feel unimportant. You would feel not important. So he's saying in families, naturally in families, right? In a family, mom, dad, and children, everybody gets attention all the time, right? And that's why everybody feels like they're part of the family. But in a big school or in big companies, many times you feel invisible, you feel invisible. Like maybe if you live in a city, like I, you live in a big city. You're, most of the time you walk around, nobody knows you, right? You're, you're surrounded by people, but nobody knows you. Nobody knows you. Nobody gives you attention. Nobody cares about you. So that's why you feel lonely, because you have no real connection. You're not getting real attention. They don't care about you as a human being. And he mentions, you know, again, like when you think of a real family, they don't care if you're rich or poor. They still give you attention, right? They still care about you. If you're rich, they care about you. If you're poor, they care about you. If you're sad, they care about you. If you're happy, they care about you. If you're lazy, they care about you. If you work hard, they care about you. Doesn't matter. But in a school or a job, it's very different. They only care about you for what you can do right? If you're at a job and you're lazy, they won't care about you very long. They'll probably fire you. And we, we know why. We understand why. Of course, this is probably necessary. But this just shows you, though, that at work, that's not a real community. That's not a real community because they don't care about you as a full human being. I can think of my own family, like my big family, uncles and aunts and cousins. And, you know, there's some members, some people in my family who are lazy. There's, you know, I've got to, I can think of an example, I won't say the name, <laughs> but kind of lazy and kind of crazy even and, and kind of foolish. But we, everyone still cares and loves this, cares about and loves this person because they're part of our family, right? Doesn't matter. And if, uh, if this person changed and became a hard worker and very successful, we would still care. Doesn't matter, right? Just like me, I was very poor when I was young. Now I'm not. It, do, it didn't really change. My family still treated me exactly the same way. It doesn't matter. Now other people may be changed, but my family is still the same. They cared about me when I was poor. They care about me now. It, no change. That's real family. That's real community.
Okay. And then he just kind of... Um, oh, then he t- finally, uh, he, very briefly, for a short time, he talks about friendships and real friendships. Like, how do you know you have a real friendship? And he says that real friends, they're like like honorary brothers and sisters. It, it means like they're almost like brothers and sisters. Your true friends, your really true close friends in life feel like they are your brother or your sister, right? Because it's the same level of caring. They, they care about you, rich or poor, happy or sad, you're lucky, you're unlucky, successful, not successful, your true, real friends, just like a brother, just like a sister, just like family, they will care about you. It doesn't matter what happens. That's how you know a real friend. But it's hard, not many friends like this, right? We have a lot of people we call friends. We have, a, especially when we're young, I, I can think of, you know, I had a lot of friends, a lot of people I called my friends, but they were not really this kind of friend, right? They're not my friends now. They're more, you know, people I enjoy doing stuff with. I enjoyed um, hanging out with them. I enjoyed having fun with them. But they were not my brothers, right? Not like my brothers. They were not like family. Different. I do have a few friends like this now in my life as an adult who really are like, almost like brothers or sisters. Which, and they're true friends. Real, true friends. Which is great. Okay, moving on. And finally, he kind of says, you know, schools are a major cause, a major cause of weak families. Schools are a major cause of weak families. So schools weaken families. Schools weaken families is what he's saying. They make the families less strong. This is one of the big, big problems of schools is they weaken families and and indeed that schools are almost designed to weaken families that the purpose of schools one of the purposes one of the kind of evil bad purposes of schools is to make the family weaker and we've seen the reasons he's explained the reasons that we take the kids away from the family in the school This is one of the big, big problems. All right. Okay, so I think we're almost done. Let me just check really quickly. See if this is the end of the chapter. Um, Ah, one last point, because I like this. This is a very important point. He says... When we think about how do children really learn, he says, children learn what they live. This is a good sentence. I like this sentence. Children learn what they live, what they live. This is what they learn most deeply. It means they, they learn from life, life experience, not, what they, not just what you tell them, okay? It's not what you tell them that is most important. It's what they live. If they live in a strong family where people, everybody cares about them as a human being, well, then they, they learn that, you know, what love is. They learn what a community is. They learn what real friendship is. But if you put them in a school, in like a cage, 
like a prison and you take them away from that and you just give them grades and you get put give them a lot of stress and you make everybody have a competition for these grades and they have no real friends then they learn that you know you can't trust other people they they never learn what real love is they never learn what real friendship is they never learn what real community is the only way they learn that is if they live it and this is one of the most important things they must learn and school destroys that. Schools are damaging children. Means that schools are hurting children, he says. They're hurting children, harming children. I like to say school is child abuse. And then finally, he says, what's the solution? Break up, destroy these schools, destroy these schools. Let anybody become a teacher. Let anyone be a teacher. Of course, the main teachers would be parents, but, you know, allow, allow anybody to teach anybody. And let everyone choose. Let each family choose their own education. Many families will choose to teach their own children. Well, maybe sometimes some families will choose to pay for a online program. Maybe some families will choose to send their child to a smaller private school or something or to a neighborhood school or and we just want lots and lots of choices he says so destroy the government schools completely destroy them he says decertify teaching that means right now most countries you to teach to be in, teach in a school you have to have a certificate right you have to go to go to a college and have some certificate that says you you have permission to be a teacher he says get rid of that let anybody teach anybody who wants to teach let them teach and of course let anyone teach their own children of course now in america we have this already homeschooling there are homeschooling laws homeschooling mean teaching your own child at home is legal everywhere in the united states the laws are different. Each state has different laws, but it's basically it's legal in every state. Homeschooling is legal. It's legal in Japan, where I am now. It's legal in lots of different countries. So you have to do the research and see how do you do it. All right. So that's it. Let's go to the questions and comments, shall we? All righty. All right, let's see what you guys have to say. Okay, Asma, lots of names I recognize. Hi again. Should teachers care about what the student what the student cares about like homework and community with him during class? Because this might give him a lot of feeling responsibility to learn like you. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm not sure exactly what you mean. I don't like homework. I mean, like as in sending work home, that's even worse. I mean, already the schools have control of the kids at school, which is a lot of hours. Then they give them more work to do at home. So then the kids have even less time with their family, even less time with their community. So I, I don't like homework. The other possible meaning of what you're saying, I also think I would not want the schools to have any information about my family or com or anything at home at all. I would, don't tell them anything. Tell them nothing. Okay, so, 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 
so odd, says, I agree with you, the big lie about school makes you rich. I finished my studies with a doctorate, PhD, of pharmacy, and now I'm without a job. No job, no money, no situation. I think I wasted my life in studying this is torture. Well, you should go watch, um, so I recommend you watch our last book club, The Lessons. They're on my, uh, well, they're on my website, my blog, effortlessenglishclub.com. Go to the blog, slash blog, right? And go look at some of those older videos about rich dad, poor dad, rich dad, poor dad. That book is 100% about how to make money if you want to get rich, how to become rich. So that's, you're right, the school's not going to teach you that. Just having a nice degree, I mean, a pharmacy degree is a good degree, but if you really want to make money, you should read that book and uh, watch those videos, I recommend. That's a good place to start. Okay. Just looking back at some of the comments. Cleefy, uh, can this lack of real friends be replaced by social media friends? I don't think so, no. No. Social media is okay, you know, we have a nice social media community with Effortless English, international, it's really very positive, it's wonderful, you, you, but it's not or. Remember, it's and, not or. It's not enough. It does not replace real friendships face-to-face. -face. It does not, certainly does not replace family, right? We, we need that too. We need the real face-to-face -face friendships. Just online is not enough. You will feel very lonely if you only have online friends. Now, if you have, you know, close, good family and, you know, hopefully a couple real friends too, well, then, of course, online connections with in effortless English, especially and international friends, it's, it's, that's like extra. It's like dessert, right? It's very nice also. But I don't know. I don't think it can replace that. I think it's an extra nice thing. <laughs> Pio says, there are two things we get free, quote, free, which means not really free, from our government in Poland. Healthcare and education both suck. <laughs> well, P.O., this is true in a lot of countries. It's tr true in America. The, the, the education part is, quote, free. It's not free, of course. They're taxing us like crazy to pay for it. So you're paying for it. You're paying a lot for it. In fact, you're paying much too much for it because good education is not expensive. It's not expensive. This is the thing. If, when you start homeschooling, when you, when you homeschool your children or just you're learning independently yourself, you will quickly realize it's not that expensive. It's not very expensive. You know, um... Most homeschool programs are something like thirty to fifty dollars per month. That's that's not much. That's so low. I guarantee that's much less than you pay for taxes. I guarantee you're paying more taxes than fifty dollars a month. And I mean just taxes for education. Not in, there's lots of other taxes for other things. But I mean just education tax. Every country does the tax differently, but I'm sure you are paying much more than $50 per month 
for education taxes. And yet, you can teach your children, put them in a very high quality online homeschooling program, for example. That's just one choice. There are many choices, but that's one choice for, you know, $50 or, or less per month. My VIP program is less than $50 per month. Uh, there's so much. It's not expensive. Independent education does not require a lot of money. Government education in these schools are super expensive. If you look at their budget, look how much money they spend. It's huge. It's millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars they're spending on what? what? And for a terrible result, it's super expensive and the results are terrible. And, and of course, Peel's right. This is the same situation with healthcare in a lot of countries, kind, kind of in America. Healthcare is a little strange in America, but, um, but certainly I think everywhere in the world this is true for education. Uh, it's not free. They say it's free, but it's not free. They're taxing you a lot. And it's in fact, when you look at the actual expenses, government and school education is super, super expensive. It's a very expensive way to teach. It sucks and it's expensive, <laughs> which basically means it's horrible. What's the point? Roman makes a very good point, which I agree. Most adults have to spend a lot of time at work, a great deal of time at work. So all our life is a prison. That's the point, I think. I think that's the point of schools. School is training you, training children, to be ready to work in a big company, right? It's, it's very similar, right? exactly right. They're training you to accept this prison life. That's why we did Rich Dad, Poor Dad last time, because I agree with you. And for those of you who want more financial freedom, so you don't feel like you're in a prison. That's why we did Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is for all of you and me too, all of us adults. How do we get out of that money prison? And then this book is about the children. How can we help them escape the mental prison of school and avoid it, completely avoid it, right? For our children, we hope they never have to go into this prison system at all. We can keep them out. For us, it's too late. We already had to do it, but we can still become free. And that's why we did Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's why you're doing independent education now online. You know, so you can still be free. It's never too late. Okay. Oh, wow. Vanya is checking in again. Let's see how Vanya's doing. Vanya's got a huge comment again. Let's read it. Hey, Vanya, how you doing? It's good, always good to see what you're doing. Let's see. Okay. As you know, I had such a great time doing a gap year, but I got to say I'm disappointed now. Aha. Uh -huh. Why? Well, there's this thing. I called my parents a couple days ago and they were really anxious about my gap year. Ah, worried about it his gap year. I told them about my experience in Poland and Germany. My parents were super angry. Why? That's strange. They said I have to stop doing a gap year and instead I have to go to university. Hmm. 
I didn't agree with their opinion. I said very directly, I'm the master of my life. It's my life. <laughs> but my parents just hung up after I said this stuff. It's super sad to say my parents have this stupid school mindset. Yeah, it is sad. I agree. And this is the mindset. They, they think you have to get good grades in school. Then you have to go to college and spend four years there. After you finish university, you have to get a job you might actually hate. That's the ugly truth about my parents' mindset. Yeah, Vanya, it's true. You're right. Now again, Vanya, I'll, I'll try to make you feel good. <laughs> my parents have the same mindset. Okay, exactly the same mindset. I can't tell you. Vanya, my parents, both of my parents, told me the same, exactly what you just said. Uh, let me just repeat it. Because it's exactly what my My parents told me this from when I was little. Like, I can remember being quite young, like eight years old. My parents telling me this from a very young age. That you have to get good grades in school. Yep. They said it again and again and again all the time. You have to go to college. Yes, I was told like at eight years old, nine years old, you must go to college. You must get good grades so you can go to college and then get a good job. So this mindset has been programmed into people, right, for a long time, many generations. And this, this programming, where does it come from? The school systems and the media, both. So your parents, you know, your parents went through the school system also. They got the same programming. Now, one difference between your parents and, and my parents, too, is that their life was different, okay? Back, back in, in America, back in the 60s, when my parents were young, it was a different world, May, you know, they at that time they thought they thought they were wrong, but they thought you can get a good job, get go to school, go to college, get a job at a company, and then work at this company your whole life, and you have a stable income, you have a stable safe income, money for your whole life, and then you retire and everything's happy, yay! I'll, let me tell you what actually happened. So my dad followed that plan. My father, and I love my father, but. He believed this, and he followed the plan. So he got out of college. He got a job at IBM, big company, famous big company. And he thought, okay, great, I did it. I got good grades in school. I have a job at IBM. Now, now I will stay at IBM. I will work IBM my whole life. Right? I will be a good worker with IBM and get all this money, and I have a safe job, and then I'll retire when I get older, and I'll have a good retirement and a happy life. Well, he did this. He followed this for t about 20 years. And guess what happened? Oh, suddenly all the rules changed. And as he was getting older, he's getting closer to retirement. What happened? IBM changed all the rules, and most companies did. They just cut him. They cut all their older workers. They cut them all because IBM and all these companies, they did not. They did not want to pay that retirement money. They did, it's too expensive for them. They wanted to save a lot of money. So they cut all of those older workers, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of these workers who trusted them. They cut their jobs. Was IBM bankrupt? No, IBM was still making a lot of money. They were doing fine, but they just wanted more money. They did not care about my dad. They did not care about any of the other workers. They don't care. These big companies don't care about you. You are not human to them. 
You're just a number. You're just a machine. And when they want, they will cut you. That's the hard, ugly, red pill truth. It's the truth that Vanya's parents don't understand. It's the truth that my parents did not understand. My dad understands now, of course. <laughs> he understands now. My mom, mm, I don't know if she understands it. My mom, my own mom, I tried to tell her about homeschooling. I tried to tell my mom about some of the, uh, these ideas. She, it's hard for her to accept it. Still, she has this programming in her head from when she was younger. She still can't understand that it's completely different now. Right? No company is going to give you a safe job. They're, they will cut you immediately. Anytime they want. They don't care about you. This is the truth. This is the truth, Vanya. And Vanya knows it's the truth. All The young generation know this is the truth. Probably my generation knows it's the truth too. But it depends on the country. Some countries, maybe some people don't understand that it's... Things are different now. This whole idea of, oh, it's all planned and safe. Forget that. No, 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 no. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. You have to watch for yourself. And it's about creating skill. All the things we learn from Robert Kiyosaki. That's how you be create financial freedom. That's how you create security and financial safety. Not by hoping a company will keep you and give you a job for your whole life. That's, that's crazy. No, you do it with what Robert Kiyosaki said. You have to buy assets, right? And you keep buying more assets, more assets. You either you build little businesses. Even if you have a job, it's okay if you want a job. That's okay. But don't trust that job for your whole life. Don't trust that job to give you safety. Don't trust that job to take care of you. They don't care about you. Okay? Take your paycheck, take the money, buy assets, okay? Invest, save, make a little hobby side business, make little part-time businesses or buy stocks or real estate, whatever. You have to decide. You have to learn this yourself. That's why we studied Robert Kiyosaki last time, okay? It takes time, but that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Now, I know it's difficult for someone like Vanya it was difficult for me, okay? Be when your parents don't understand. You love your parents. You respect your parents. You understand. Vanya's parents are worried about him. It's simple. That's all. That's all it is. They're worried about him. They love him. They're worried about him. Right? In their mind, they have some fear. Vanya's going to be poor and become homeless and die from just because he doesn't have any food. <laughs> right? Probably this is their idea. Some crazy, you know, not... Consciously, but, you know, unconsciously, they probably have some crazy fears in there, and that's why they're so upset. Um, they don't understand Robert Kiyosaki's ideas. They don't understand any of this, probably, because they have these old beliefs. My parents did, too, but you know what? When you become an adult, you love your parents, you respect your parents, but you're an adult now. It's you, now your life. Now you are making the decisions. That's part of becoming an adult. Part of becoming an adult is living your own life. And that means, often, you will do things differently than your parents want. Okay? I did so many crazy things. D did my parents want me to live in a car? No. I, I don't know. They didn't. <laughs> did they want me to live in a van? No. Did they want me to travel all around the world? No. Did they want me to 
teach English in all these different countries? No. Did they want me to try to start different businesses and fail the first time? No, they didn't want that either. Were they probably worried about my, when I started Effortless English and I was living so cheaply in San Francisco in a tiny, tiny little apartment? Were they worried? Yes, probably. Now it's all great. Oh, now it's all wonderful. Now AJ's very successful and he's got plenty of money and it's all wonderful. Oh, they don't worry now. You know, now that it's all worked out, everything's great now. But 12 years ago, it was quite different, okay? So Vanya and anyone else like this, you have to understand, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And you know what? Probably for a while. Probably for a while until eventually, hopefully, your parents will finally realize, ah, you know, Vanya's strong. Vanya's strong. He, Vanya can take care of himself. Maybe we are worried about him sometimes. Maybe we disagree with his ideas sometimes. But you know what? He's doing this and he's learning and he's taking care of himself. Even if he fails, he can take care of himself. He's strong and he's learning and he tries again. And eventually you will have more and more successes. And then, then you'll magically find your parents will start to, oh, well, oh, you're, you're, I understand now, <laughs> right? But it takes a while. Like my dad too, right? He, my dad's super proud and happy of my success with the business now. But I know when I was younger and changing jobs a lot and very poor and doing crazy stuff like living in my car I know he thought I was crazy so Vanya all I can just say is good luck to you and I understand try to be patient with your family okay, just try to be patient with them and if they yell and argue I recommend it's hard I know it's hard I know it's difficult but try to stay calm and just say you know I know you're worried I understand that why you're worried just trust me it will be okay trust me it will be okay the other thing, with I, I'm talking a lot about Vanya's comment because it's just a powerful comment. Um, the other thing, Vanya, you might mention is, look, you can go to school anytime. What's the hurry? What's the big deal? Really? I mean, if so what? You wait one year and then you go to college. College is, still, is four years for, you know, normally. It's four years. So you start one year late. What, so? You still can get a college degree. If you take five years, if you take five gap years, you can still go to college five years from now and get your degree and do get a nice job and do everything they hope you will do. It's still possible. You're not throwing away that choice. It's not gone. You're just delaying it. You're just taking a little extra time. That's all. Maybe you will decide to do that later. Maybe you won't, but don't tell them that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, kind of I can I kind of identify here with Vanya's situation. Fernanda, what do you think about school family integration to lessen the problem? I don't like it. Let me explain why. School family integration means that the schools and the families working together. The reason I don't like it is that it's never 
It's never equal, okay? It's the schools that are the bosses. The schools have the power. And they, 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 they can use it to spy on the families and criticize the families. And it's always the school acting kind of like the boss. So I think just families need to be the boss. That's why if it's a private school, you see it's different. What's the difference of a private school? The parents are paying. Not the government, not taxes. It's not taken from you. In a private school... The parents are the customers and they're paying and they can leave and go to a different school or homeschool or do something else. So the private schools are usually better about this. With a private school, this might work. This might work if it's a good one, right? If you have choices, different choices, and you can find a private school that fits your family and what you want to do, that works. But with government schools, I, I've never, I don't, it doesn't, it just never works because you, know, you have to understand the government people, they have this idea of power. They have the power and you don't. Okay, uh, comment, Lam Nguyen. Homeschooling takes so much time of the parent. Parents have to preserve and spend so much time with their children, they cannot do anything else. That is completely 100% wrong. I'm sorry, but. You need to research homeschooling. Homeschooling takes three or four hours a day at most. If you do it, you know, just decently well, you don't have to be perfect, eh, three and a half hours on average per day. That's nothing. That's half of school. That's half the time of school. School is six or seven hours a day usually, most places. You can do it in half that time at home with better results, much better results. Much better results half the time. It does not take much time. Number two, with young children, you do have to give them a lot of attention. When your children become seven, eight, nine, ten years old, somewhere in that area, they become quite independent learners. They, you can just tell them, okay, you know, read this. And they can just sit and read for an hour by themselves. You don't have to do much. Maybe you, you can just relax while the children are reading an assignment or reading a book or whatever, right? If you do it well, if you do use a little effort and you're a little bit organized, it's actually very easy, not hard at all, not difficult. And it does not require a huge amount of time. The opposite, in fact. Ah, now here's a nice, a good question. Think about this question. I don't, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to answer it directly for a minute. Why are school systems around the world basically the same? Why is that, do you think? Doesn't it seem strange? I mean, think about it. The cultures of Vietnam, Saudi Arabia, France, the United States, Brazil, Japan, whatever. Keep going. Very different cultures, very different histories. Isn't it strange? Does it? This is a strange thing, isn't it? That, and yet Russia, Ukraine, all these places, and yet the school systems are almost exactly the same in every single country. Why is that? Is that an accident? That seems like it's not an accident. That seems like that's not, you know... Just luck, right? There's a reason. That's a very, very, very good question. Why do we have the same industrialing in every single country? Hmm. 
it's almost like there's there's a plan, like there's an international plan. Hmm, you think? You could ask the same question. Why does every single country, almost, have the same central bank system? The same central bank, private central bank system. In America, it's called the Federal Reserve. Every country, almost every country has this private central banking system. Again, seems strange that every single country would have the same exact system. You see why, right? There is a kind of global system here. There is a global education system. It's not an accident. People with a lot of power and a lot of money have created these systems and pushed these systems. Another question, why in every country there's no choice? The children cannot choose to avoid school, right? They're forced. They will, they will come and take your children and put them in the school unless you have some homeschool laws. Good questions, I'd say, because there is a plan. You should, we should look at that more. Okay. All right. Hasina, I told my friend that homeschooling is better than school because you can learn independently, but she told me it won't work because no one will study when they are always at home because everyone is lazy. Well, I think your friend is lazy. <laughs> That's called projection. I agreed her that everyone won't try to learn when they're at home always. What do you think? We don't have to we don't have to imagine. We already know. Okay? Homeschooling has been around. It's not new. It's been legal in the United States. It's been fairly popular in the United States for, I don't know, 30, 40 years. So we have evidence, okay? We don't need to ask this imaginary idea of imagining. We can actually look. What's the real situation? How do homeschool children do? How do they perform? Well, we already know. They have done, there's all kinds of research. Homeschool children have higher test scores, better SAT scores, better GRE scores. They, do, they get better grades in college. They, get, they perform better in college. They, do, you know, they graduate at a higher rate from college. Their reading ability is higher than other children the same age. Their math ability is higher than other children the same age. So your friend is just wrong. Your friend is just, you know, probably your friend is kind of lazy. And so she imagines that everybody's lazy and therefore it won't work. But she's wrong. Your friend is totally, completely wrong. Now, for adults, you know, you're, I'm, I'm guessing your friend is more of an adult, right? Over 18. Well, for adults, some adults are lazy. So what? If they want to be lazy, it's their choice. It's their choice. Why should we force them? Why? I, I do not believe in forcing any adult to learn something. If, they, if an adult doesn't want to learn, I don't, I don't care. If they don't want to learn English, don't learn English. It's your choice. That's what being an adult means. If you don't want to learn English, don't learn it. Fine. If you don't like effortless English, great. I don't care. Go, go take a nap. <laughs> okay. I don't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Everybody's different. Some people don't care about English. That's okay. Everybody does not have to learn English. 
right? But a lot of people want to learn English. We know we have a huge amount of success with Effortless English. So many people, great success stories. Are some people lazy? Yes, okay. But is your friend always lazy though? I wonder if your friend is always lazy. Is your friend lazy about everything or just English or just things that your friend doesn't like? I imagine, I'm guessing, your friend probably actually is very excited about some things. About some things, she will work hard. About some things, she will study and work hard and try to improve. Most people do. Most people are interested in some things. Most people do have goals. They're not all the same. A few people, maybe your friend, a few people are generally lazy. They're lazy about everything. Well, that's their problem in life, and they will pay a price, but that's their choice. Okay. Okay, here's a question um, that varies a lot depending on the country and uh, the specifics. So I've, I've kind of talked about this a bit before. Hey, Dave, by the way. Um, if, if our kids uh, don't go to school, um, how do they get a certificate? Nowadays, if you get a job, they ask you for a certificate, right? Um, so it's a common question. So it completely depends on the job and what you want to do. If you want to, as I've mentioned, an, an obvious, a couple obvious examples, engineer, doctor. They, they both require college degrees. And well, they require... Doctor requires a medical degree, obviously. So, obviously, if you want to be a doctor, a medical doctor, yes, you will have to go to medical school. You'll have to go to college, university, and you'll have to go to medical school. Yes, of course, you will. But you could still be homeschooled as a child until college, easily. Now, what if you want to be a business person? Then don't go to college. It's, you're wasting time. If you want to start your own business, you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be a successful business person, you're wasting your time going to college. You're, you're wasting four valuable years. Four years you could be working on your own business. So with school, it would be crazy. You don't need a certificate to be a business person. You don't need a certificate to invest. So it just completely depends on what you choose. So you have to choose intelligently. Um, but... You don't need high school. You don't need, you can homeschool until college. And then for college, that decision, every individual must decide. And, it, and, and each job is different. Each career is different. And even in different countries, it's different. So that's what you have to decide. But you, that's really only, that's when you're an adult. That's, you're 18, right? Most, most people start college at 18. Well, now you're an adult. Now you have to make your own choice. Sometimes going to university is the right choice. For sure, I'm not saying it's not. Of course, sometimes it is a good choice because just for money. Sometimes you, you say, well, okay, if I want this job and to get this job, I have to have this degree. Well, go get a degree then. That's, that's fine. That's a logical choice. It's a, but it's, again, it's not force. You're 18, you're an adult now. You decide this yourself. But it completely depends. If you, again, if you want to be a, a programmer, computer programmer, um, many times you, don't, you do not need a degree. Again, just learn programming. Start programming. That's it. Just start doing it. You don't have to go to college for four years. 
as we've seen a lot of people who became very very rich and started big tech companies lots of them left either they did not go to school or they dropped out so it completely depends if you want to be an employee in a certain field maybe yes now some people say well how do i get into college without a high school degree oh it's soup that's easy super easy um I, I again every country's a little different but most of them you can just take a test and you pass it and they say okay so you can just most home homeschool kids have no problem going to college no problem at all so, quite easy for homeschooled children they go to college all the time many 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 homeschool children they you know the homeschool for their whole childhood from little to adulthood and then they go to college and then they go to grad school many of them do that many cho do choose to do that so it's it, that's just a choice that's all but you can decide that yourself Ah, oh, here's a problem. Here's a challenge. I, I, I don't know if I can answer this, honestly. What if one of the parents doesn't agree about homeschooling? Ah, that's hard, right? One parent wants to homeschool. The other parent does not. Um, hmm. I'm guessing you, you are the one who wants to. And your spouse does not. Well, I mean, that's a relationship question that's kind of difficult. Um, what you might try is say, let's just try it. Let's try it for one year. Do, do, be scientific about it, right? Do an experiment. Say, okay, look, we've tried school already. Most, most families already have tried school. So say, why don't we try homeschooling for one year? Let's try it one year and see the result. After one year, we'll decide as parents and we'll... And if the kids are older, you can also involve the children, too. And you can all have like a meeting together and say, all right, let's try this homeschooling for one year. And after one year, we'll see the result. And then we can decide, is it better than school or worse? Then, it's, then you can compare real results. You're not just imagining it. You're not just, it's not just ideas and fear and emotion. It's real results. That would be my best recommendation, I guess. Okay. Cleefy says, hey Cleefy again, the hidden curriculum, which is what schools do, it makes a prison for our ch children's mind. That's exactly why. How to make them free. Homeschool. <laughs> I mean, uh, homeschool, independent education for children. For children to free their minds. This is why I'm so strong about homeschooling. Because this is the only way to get them out. If you put them in schools, there's no escape. There's no escape in the school. They're in the matrix, right? They're in. So you've got to get them out of that system. And then as a parent, you can teach them differently. Or you can find other methods. It's up to you. That's how you do it with children. Now, as adults, we do it by being independent learners and reading books and, right? Exactly what you are doing now. <laughs> So as adults, we can we have more choices. The, the poor kids, though, it's hard for them. Okay, uh, Rameshmina Sevak, hello again. 
This book really gave me the exact understanding of the school system. I never thought about it, even though I worked in the school for 29 years. Yeah, I understand, you know, John Taylor Gatto, the author, worked in the school system, I think, about the same, about 30 years. I worked in uh, some universities a few times, and I worked in some private schools, too, before Effortless English, so I also understand. I was in the system, too. Now will help me make my grandchildren aware about this. These books are really inspiring. Yes, I agree. I, I, this book is fantastic. It's really great. Changed my ideas, too, about schooling. May help me understand. I always knew there was a problem. It's kind of like Neo in The Matrix, right? In the beginning of the movie, he can feel something's wrong, but he's, he's not sure what exactly. What is this Matrix? What is it exactly? That's how I always felt, even as a kid. Something's wrong with this school. I'm, what, I'm not sure what. And later, later I started to realize what the problem was. Uh, hi, Jay. Are you a coach? If you aren't, you should think about it. Well, I'm an English coach. <laughs> I usually, I mean, really, I usually use that word. I, I usually, sometimes I'll say teacher, but usually I don't use the word teacher. I don't usually tell, describe myself as an English teacher, uh, especially with effortless English people. I usually say I'm a coach because it's more what I do, right? You are, you're independent learners, so I'm not your boss. But I'm, I feel like I'm your coach. I'm encouraging you. I'm giving you help. I'm giving you lessons. All of this. But of course, you are the boss. You're the master of your own English learning. So I do like that word coach. Now, if you're talking about sports, um, I, I've never coached sports before. I have not. Someday, maybe. Sound, it would be fun, I think. Uh, here's a job question. This is a perfect question for me. <laughs> You're describe this question describes my career before I started my own business. AJ, what do you think about job jumping? <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> Which means changing jobs from one to another company. I'm sure most recruiters don't like this. I love it. Job jumping. That was my strategy. That was my life. That was my life from, uh, for 20 years. Before I had my own business, for 20 years, I was an employee, job jumping. Let me give you, tell you how much I job jumped. I, the longest job I had was two years. I never worked the same job more than two years. Two years was my limit. Why? Number one, I, didn't, I usually did not like my jobs. <laughs> I did not like being an employee. But I had a few jobs I liked. I had a few that were okay. But the second problem, I got bored. I always got bored. After two years, I was bored, 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 bored. So I would leave and get a new job. The third reason, especially later, when I got a little older, I wanted to travel. I wanted to travel. And I like to travel for like many weeks, many months, not short trips. I don't like just a weekend, right? I wanted to travel in different countries for a one month, two months, three months. Well, guess what? My jobs, and I never, they never gave me enough vacation. In America, you get two weeks of vacation usually. Two weeks. So I would say, well, I'll save my money and just quit. I would quit and then travel. Then I had a lot of time. So I would work, save money, quit, travel for several months, come back, get a new job. Now, you, the last sentence you say, most recruiters don't like this. 
It's, I, your name looks Vietnamese, I'm guessing. This, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know about other countries, honestly. America, it's no problem. It's no problem. In America, actually, everybody does this, or most people do this now in America. Okay? Nobody in America stays with the same company their whole life. That is, that is gone, gone, gone. And most people in America jump jobs a lot. Now, I did it a lot, a lot, a lot. Okay? I never had a problem. I never had a problem. Okay? Because what what they care about is, are you good? Okay, let me get... They don't care about your grades. They don't care. They don't care about your SAT score. They don't care. Most of the time, they don't care about your degree. What do they care about? Are you good at your job? Will you be good? Are you really good at your job? Will you make money for them? Will you be, uh, you know, easy employee, not cause problems? That's, those are the things they really care about. So job jumping, big thumbs up. Do it, do it, do it. Don't stay at a job you don't like. Just leave. You're not a prisoner. Leave. This is the difference from school. That's why I always liked being an adult better. As a kid, I was a prisoner in school. I couldn't leave. But when I became an adult, I was like, yay, freedom! So I would work a job. Maybe I hate it. Uh, this sucks. Uh, but I just start saving money. And then I just quit. Now, my longest job was two years. Some jobs, I, I, there were some jobs I only worked three months. And I just hated it. So I quit. So I'm a big, big thumbs up. I highly recommend job jumping. I should write a book about this. Job jumping. How to be a job jumper. <laughs> If you get bored at your job, quit. Get a new one. Now, if you're smart, if you're if you have a family or you got to worry about it, get the new job first, then quit. If you're young and don't care like me, just quit. Okay, let's see. Here's a long one. Min, um, in my mother's generation, they lived in the Vietnam War era. So Vietnamese, which is super serious. They were being bombed. They felt horrible, and they just tried to survive the war, of course. Some of their friends went to America. And after the war, they, they learned in school. They were successful. They thought it's true for generations. Um... What do you think of this problem? What will react? Yeah, well, of course, you know, you have you can understand this, right? Sometimes in like in time of war and it's horrible, and then some people escape and they go to a place like America that is, a, especially at that time, the '70s, the '60s, the '80s, a very you know much stronger economy, so much more money. Uh, so right, they they went to school and they could get a job and they're making lots of money, especially compared to Vietnam at that time. But, you know, that's not true anymore. Your, 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 your mother's generation, they need to understand. America's different now. America's much different now. It's not the 60s anymore. It's much different than 1960, okay? Vietnam is also not the same, right? I mean, Vietnam's completely different now than 1960s. Vietnam is, right? Lots of money going into Vietnam, building everywhere. Uh, 
So it's very, very different now. And th this is the hard part. When people get stuck, if, you know, things change. Things change. The world changes. Right? So th this, we get stuck sometimes. We think that the world is the same as when we were young, and it's not. So you have to adapt. You have to stay. As you get older, don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in your thinking. You have to see the changes. You know, like my dad, he didn't see the changes happening. He didn't see what was happening. Now, for me, I saw it because it was my whole life. When I, when I became an adult to look for jobs, job safety was gone, gone, gone. I saw what happened to my dad. I realized, that's crazy. I'm not going to try to work for a big company and, and trust them. Because I saw what happened to my dad, not only my dad, but most people his age. The same thing happened to them in America. So my generation, we think of it a little differently, right? Things changed. But also, you know me, I have to stay. This is one good thing, by the way. This is a good part of uh, having your own business and being an entrepreneur. You're forced to be more connected to what's happening now, right? Because as an entrepreneur, I have to be aware of changes in technology, changes in the economy, changes in things. I have to stay up to date. I can't think like an old person, okay? <laughs> Even though I'm 50, I can't think that way or I won't survive. So this, it's hard. I don't know what can you do about older generations that they're kind of stuck, especially the problem when the old generations retire, right? So you have an old generation, they retire, they quit working. Now they're getting money from the government. They're getting money from their old company, maybe. So for them, life is wonderful. For them, life is safe and stable. They don't understand. They don't understand. They're not trying to get a job. They're not dealing with all the change and the problems and all this. So they, 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 they don't understand that it's completely different now. It's, I don't know, just be patient with them, I guess. I, there's, I don't know what can you do. Um, you just be patient with them and just say, okay, I understand. And just, but you have to live your life. You're the one who has to survive in this tough world. Saeed. Okay, this is a good... Saeed has a nice comment. I agree with you. Actually, no company will worry about any employee. No company will really worry about an employee. I agree. Maybe we shouldn't say no, but most. It's better to have a private business. Uh, with Prophet Muhammad. Oh, interesting. So you're Muslim and told us the blessing is in trades. I didn't know that. That's an interesting teaching. And uh, this, is, this is awesome, though. Look, the trades. What is a trade? You know, I've been reading about this a lot in the United States, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. You know, this, this goes back to this idea of the old generation, Vanya's parents, uh, some other parents that are talking about um, the last comment. They always think about school, school. It's this propaganda, brainwashing. School, school, go to school, go to college and make money. Go to college. And, and it gets in the head of so many people that this is the only way to make money, right? But we already know starting your business or in being an investor, that's another great way to make money. But there's also another way, which um, Saeed just mentioned, the trades. We never hear about this. I never hear about it in the news. I, I never hear parents tell their children, go into one of the trades. That's a great job. 
No, it's always college because college means you're special or something. But the trades in America are fantastic jobs. Really a lot of money. What do I mean trade? A trade is a skill. You don't need college. You do not need college. You usually need some kind of training, but it's much shorter and much cheaper. Trades are usually things you're doing work with your hands. Uh, electrician is a trade. What's an electrician? An electrician comes into a building and they put the wires in. Right? They put in all the wires when you build a new building or an old building. And you have to get electricity into the building, and do all the wires. Well, that's an electrician. That's a trade job. It's called a trade, a type of job, a type of career. And you have to, of course, you need training or else you'll kill yourself and burn the, pl- the whole building down. So you need to know what you're doing. But you don't need four years of training. It's much shorter than a college and it's much cheaper. But, but it's a very good job. It pays well. Okay, you can make a good, good amount of money doing it. You can make a good salary as an employee, as a new electrician. You can get a lot of work and make good money. Number two, what I love about the trades, it's very easy to start your own business as with a trade, right? So you can you're, you go and you learn to be an electrician. You get a job with somebody because it's easy and you're new. You need experience. You work for a few years and become good. You become really good at it. Now you're really good. What can you do next? Start your own business, your own electrician business. You have contacts, you have experience. So it's quite easy to start your own electrician business and then you you're still doing the same job but now you get all the money and then if you if you're successful then you get employees you hire other young electricians from school and you build your business and you can become very rich this way with no college electricians carpenters carpenters work with wood in buildings um uh, they're plumbers plumbers of course plumbers do all the water in the buildings. There's, there are many different ones. You know, there's some do heating and air conditioning. Um, there's, there are lots of them, okay? There are trade schools in the United States, many, many of them. They're so much cheaper than college. And these jobs, many of these jobs pay very well, very high payment and lots of work. Right? They're, they're, we need them, right? There's not enough of these people, not enough of these skills. This is, it's fantastic. Why? Why do people not want to do that? Why do parents never talk about this? Become an electrician. Why not? Because it's, you know, college has more status. It's, it's 100% about status, right? Because if you have a college degree, you're seen as, oh, you're intelligent and you're, oh, you're so intelligent. You have a college degree. But if you're an electrician, you don't have a college degree. That must mean you're not so smart. This is, the, this is the thinking. I think that's why. It's wrong. It's completely wrong. The electricians are smarter, okay? The guys who go and get a trade skill and immediately start making money, and then they some later they start their own business, they are smarter than a lot of college students. They are smarter than any college student that gets a business degree. The, the business degree, is it, it, that's just stupid. I was stupid. I got a journalism degree. Okay, that, that was a stupid decision. Worthless, worthless piece of paper. I should have gotten a, I could have got, if I had become an electrician, I would not have been poor when I was young. Okay, <laughs> but I was young and stupid. 
And I didn't know what I was doing. And I, my parents brainwashed me all my life. College, 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 college. So I did. I obeyed them and I, I got a journalism degree. And I got out and I was super poor. <laughs> it was a stupid decision. But oh well, I learned. So Saeed, thank you for that great comment. Because you are 100% right about the trades. It's another choice. It's, it's a very, very good choice for, for many people. You definitely think of that as a choice. Any young person, any, any level, should think about the trades. It's a very, very good choice. You don't, it's, ah, amen. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's see. Uh -huh. do, 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 do. Just looking through for some questions, comments. Oh, okay, here's a question from Henry, Vietnam again. Should children learn foreign languages at an early age? Ideally, it's easier, right? But um, again, I, you know, I, even though I teach English as a foreign language, um, I th every every family should decide this. Okay, it's your family's choice. Uh, do I think it's a hundred percent necessary? You must speak a foreign language, or you'll be miserable and unhappy. No, that's not true. It's not hundred percent necessary. It's it's good though. It's useful, especially English, as we all know. It's why you are all learning it. <laughs> because it's useful. So I would say, um, if you think English is useful, certainly teach the children if you can, because it's, it's easier for them at a young age. It's more effortless at a young age because it's more natural. If you use natural methods, of course, okay? You gotta do it very naturally with stories and games and things like that. But when you do it at a young age, they their pronunciation will be very good and it will kind of all happen quite effortlessly with them. So I, I think it is a good idea generally, yes. Hmm. Ah, Cleefy's got another good question. After school, after school, he talks about the second thing, the second thing that uh, John Taylor Gatto mentioned, which was... Uh, TVs and screens. Screens are also a prison for our children's time. How to free them. <laughs> no screens is my rule. My rule for children, no screens. Except maybe on a plane. If I have a 12-hour flight and little kids, I'll let them play on a screen during the flight so I don't go crazy. <laughs> But at home, in normal life, no screens, no iPads, no phones, no TV, and no computers. So you just make a rule. You're the boss. The good thing about being mom and dad, you're the king and queen. So just do it. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. Nasser's going to... Yeah. Nasser's right about this. 
He says, ha ha, with every effortless English book club, we've got a real red pill. It's like people wake up every Saturday. <laughs> Sleeping for one week. It, it is, right? We've had three red pill books. These are super red pill books. I mean, number one, Animal Farm, super red pill. Um, in, in a pretty uh, unhappy way. It's not a happy story. But it is super red pill, Animal Farm is. And then politically. And then we had uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Kind of a red pill about money and financial freedom and all that. And now we're getting the big red pill about education from John Taylor Gatto. Yeah, maybe the next book should be light. <laughs> we should choose a, a light, happy book for the next one. Something not so heavy and serious, right? Uh, maybe we're like Neo, we need a little break. Uh, I need a, we need a little vacation, something just gentle for our next book. That might be what we do. We've had three heavy books, right? Heavy means serious. These are three powerful, great books. I mean, they're great. I love these books. But it has been three quite challenging books. These are tough books. These are tough ideas. Many of these ideas are not happy. These are red pill truth. Red pill means it's the hard truth. It's the difficult truth. So I agree with Nasser. Uh, maybe we'll have a... I'm thinking The Alchemist might be our next book. That's a more gentle book. Paulo Coelho, probably, I think originally, actually Portuguese, but there's a nice English translation of that book. It's a very positive book, very good messages, very good positive messages for sure. Probably a little less of the hard red pill. That's okay. I think The Alchemist, Paulo Coelho's book, might be the next one. Uh, Hawker says, if I returned to my childhood, I would never go to school. I wasted 19 years in that shit system. Yeah, I well, me too. Me too. If I could go back and argue with my parents, I'd say, homeschool me! Homeschool me! <laughs> I don't know. My parents probably... But, you know, this has got the problem. My, my parents, I they at that time, I think they... Well, even now... Even I told you, my mom, I had not really an argument, but a, but my mom cannot quite understand the homeschooling still, because I talked to my mom about you know oh you're, you know that about homeschooling and she she just kind of uh, uh, it's hard for her to understand so yeah but I would do I if I had my choice I also would do homeschooling when I was a child but it's too late for me. Hi. Huang says, I've watched your video since I was a student six years ago. Love it. Oh, fantastic. That's very nice. Have you been to Nepal? Two times. Nepal's fantastic country. Wonderful. Love it. Love it. Love it. Beautiful. Okay, I think it's time to go. Ooh, it's been kind of long, actually. Wow, an hour and a half. We had a good show today. I also did an audio podcast today. I'll upload that um, probably in a few minutes when we finish. So I just want to say thank you. Another strong, powerful chapter from John Taylor Gatto. Next week is our last week for this book. It's the final chapter. Chapter five. Only five chapters in this book. I forgot. It's a little bit shorter. So that's good. We'll finish this book next week. 
and then we'll start a new book. I'm not 100%, but I probably 80%, I think The Alchemist will be our next book. But I'll tell you on Gab or Twitter, well, for sure. Thank you again. You know, I always enjoy your comments, your questions, such interesting comments. You guys really think about this. So what I like about this, why I enjoyed live, is with your comments, I, sometimes, I'm sorry if I missed your comment. I can't do all of them. But I... I just they're they're very thoughtful. You know, you're really thinking about these ideas and you have questions and sometimes you're concerned. Um, sometimes you have your own ideas and suggestions, but they're all really good, very thoughtful. You know, I love this because you you're independent thinkers. You are an independent thinker, you're an independent learner. That's I love teaching independent learners, right? Because you are the master of your education. You are the master of your learning, and I'm just your coach. I'm your coach. I'm here to give you ideas. Uh, help motivate you sometimes, you know, help you with your English, of course, but finally you're the master. And, and I appreciate that. It's more fun for me too, because I learn from you. That's what's cool about this kind of learning, independent learning is, you know, I learn too, because you make me think, you'll ask a question and then I have to think about, hmm, well, that's an interesting idea. Hmm, right? Makes me think more deeply about this topic. So thank you so much, everybody who joined live. And for anyone who listens later on the recording also, thank you. All right, I will, of course, tomorrow, another audio podcast, every day an audio podcast. And next week, we'll finish this book. A lot of love to you. And finally, as you know, join my VIP program at effortlessenglishclub.com. Join my VIP program today at effortlessenglishclub.com.